Welcome, everybody. everybody. <laughs> oh, you jumped in. Yes, to the Persuasion School podcast. Very happy that you've made it here today. And some big news today. We've officially made it into the top 10% of all podcasts, at least hosted on Buzzsprout, which is Woo! the number one podcast hosting platform out there. It's so out of cool. over 100,000, we're in the top percent. Aiming for number five, baby. Wow. Yep. Pretty cool. Wait, so what's our place? Do we have a place? I'm no? not able to see place. I'm just able to see uh, the top 10%, then top five, and then top one. So what? we're on our way to being in the top 5%. How many podcasts. podcasts are in the top 10? Over 100,000. Oh, in the top 10? I'm not sure. Well, 10,000. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's 10%. pretty cool. Yeah, because there are just about 100,000 total. You're so good at math. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, Quick everybody. On your feet. What's that? Quick on your feet. Oh, well, I'm 10% of 100 is 10. You I know? know, but under the pressure, I don't know. If I, I do what I can. I do what I can. Yes, yes. Hey, if this is your first time here, Thankful that you're here. Like I said, my name is Jake Savage. And if uh, you don't know who I am, you can read the bio, but quick snapshot. I'm a former door-to-door salesman, knocked on about 100,000 doors over the course of several years. Absolutely loved everything about it. And then I, from there, helped start an outsourced sales team with a handful of other amazing people. My job there was to basically just build and train a team of elite salespeople around the nation we hit some fun milestones together. I was the president there for a couple of years. And then now today, I do a couple things. I teach the masses how to be more persuasive, trying to democratize persuasive communication for everybody so that people can get more of the things that they want in life. Things like raises, promotions, deals, dates, donations, negotiate your rent, negotiate. What, what else? Negotiate your school tuition. <laughs> okay, whatever it takes. That should be a thing. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And anyways, we have a lot of fun on the podcast. The voice that you hear is my beautiful wife, Alexa, clanking the, the soda can on the Hello table. listeners. Okay, it's um, a fizzy water. So yeah. well, get that right. Makes a little bit more noise than just a little fizz. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa is not in sales, so she joins to provide some fresh outside perspective. She also has not heard the topics that I bring to the table, so she hears them as you hear them. And sometimes she'll interject with questions, thoughts. Etc. But hey, today's Wednesday it means we switch it up. It's Whiskey Wednesday, more informal, where we usually have one whiskey. We try something new each time, which is exciting. And also, just so you know, on Wednesdays, Alexa has a topic in mind, something from my life that I don't know about that I inevitably talk about. But on Thursdays, where we actually prepare a lesson on effective communication, that's when she doesn't know. So I've prepared something different. So that's tomorrow mm-hmm. if you want to listen. Yes. But today, more informal, I'm about to find out what the topic is that we're going to discuss. The reason that we started this too is we just had audience members asking to learn a little bit more about me and my life. Got some fun, crazy stories. Yeah, you have a lot. Doing some fun projects too. Wild man. Yeah, so this is where we talk about it. All right. And we try this whiskey. So today, what do we have? I'm laughing. Um, Nestville whiskey. So this is a Slovakian whiskey. It is Slovakian. Also, full disclosure, this was $2 at the liquor <laughs> store. Um, we buy the tiny ones. We're not out here buying big bottles. But this week. one is a little bigger than the normal tiny ones that are more expensive. Yeah. And I'm just going to say maybe more legit. So, But we haven't tried it yet. So we I'm going to... Uh, let you try that one first because I'm a little skeptical. Nestville whiskey. Yeah, I'm not a connoisseur of whiskey, but I love bourbon. 
and scotch and trying new things. So here, here's to Slovakia. You know, honestly, tastes like pretty much every other whiskey. No way. We've had on the show, even ones that are pretty expensive. Well, you can start buying this one. Let me take a sip. Yeah, maybe that will be my go-to. Only $2 for that little bottle. What do you think? Alexa's not as big of a fan of whiskey generally. Oh, yeah. I mean, tastes similar to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. That's interesting. There we go. Pick up some Nestfield. They're not sponsoring this, but they should. They should. Do you spell whiskey without an E normally? Yeah, that's the traditional spelling. And then oh, I believe really? Americans added the E. Huh. I kind of like it without the E. Yeah. It's trendy, huh? It's very trendy. Go Slovakian. <laughs> Slo- Go Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Lex. Yeah, that's good. Ooh. What are we getting into today on this Whiskey Wednesday? Yeah, that's enough whiskey. About to go work out for an hour. So. Okay. Um... <laughs> It'll make you better. So I am. I'm it'll make you stronger. You. So today I was thinking, well, before we hop in, I do want to, uh, something's been on my mind, just um, your whole dentist experience. I think listeners oh need to know. Yeah. Because it made me a little upset, I think. <laughs> so Jake hasn't been to the dentist in nine years. Yeah. Is that right? It's correct. He goes yesterday. And I go to the dentist once a year, and I feel like every time I go, they're like between five and 12 cavities, <laughs> root canal, whatever. I've never had a root canal, but I'm sure that's on the list coming up. So Jake goes yesterday, hasn't been in nine years, and the guy doesn't find anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I was super nervous going in. I know. I could tell you were anxious. And I have no reason to not have gone. I think you gone. have a little bit of... Oh, no. I, I have no reason to not have gone for nine years. I'm I'm very... Uh, what's the term? I'm into... Skeptical? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little skeptical of doctors and dentists. I think you're very... I think we're both very... Like, if it isn't hurting or isn't causing an issue, why go? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think... Maybe as we get older, we should probably start going to the doctor a little bit more just for like yeah. annual stuff. But Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I definitely had a need for it when I was smoking cigarettes and chewing tobacco uh, both separately and then together for a season. But once I quit that, I guess I just didn't see a need to go anymore. And also, I think, you know, there's certainly luck involved that I didn't have anything go wrong. But anyways... Went to the dentist, didn't find... He asked me when I had last been, and I just kept saying I couldn't remember exactly, which is true. I couldn't remember the month or day (laughs) that I went. And I didn't want him to know it had been nine years because maybe he would have tried to, you know, swindle me into some procedures. Mm -hmm. Oh, clearly you need this, 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 and this. But instead he was like, hey, it looks great, man. So we were all all crazy. I need to start going to him. So they cleaned your teeth? Clean the teeth. Do they feel way different? Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's kind of nice. It is kind of nice. I'll, I'll go regularly now, for yeah. sure. It's yeah. good. But he just told you maybe floss a little bit more. Yeah, right? just a little bit. Jake also still has his wisdom teeth, which I find fascinating. <laughs> if you've ever seen wisdom teeth. There's just stuff you don't need to intact. do in life sometimes. Now, you know, your wisdom teeth could come in sideways or whatever and cause some major problems for sure. But a lot of people just get them pulled out because it's like a standard almost a uh, tradition 
you know, just go to the dentist, get them out when they start coming in, when you're in your teens or whatever. But hey, if they're not causing problems, why go through the trouble? Why spend the money? Yeah. I like to take a natural approach to a lot of things as much as I can, whether it is dentist or doctor. Um, so anyways, and there's a healthy sense of skepticism in there, but that's it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend going nine years without going to the, the dentist, maybe go more often, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. So topic for today, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your time in construction mm. and some life lessons that you learned. Big time. Yeah, that was, a, that was, all right. Love it. That was a great season that not a lot of people know about because I talk about how I got into sales, stumbled into it as a 15-year-old getting into door-to-door sales and then sticking with it for about 15 years now. I did have a one-year break away from sales when I worked construction, but I was basically tricked into that. So here's how that happened. I My freshman year of school passes by in college and I wasn't digging it. I didn't like school, didn't like where I was, nothing. I wanted to get back to just real life, living in an apartment, working. What's that? You hadn't met me. I hadn't met you yet. So I teamed up with another buddy of mine who felt the same way, David, and we both decided, hey, let's move to Denver. This was 2010. He said, let's move to Denver. We'll just work, get an apartment, do life on our own terms. You know, forget this college thing. The Wild West. So we do. So we show up in Denver, and I remember going to a furniture store to buy a mattress, and I just strike up a conversation with the guy who worked at the store, told him I had just moved there and was looking for jobs. Now, I wanted to find a sales job, but my parents said, hey, if you're going to bail from college, you got to support yourself. And all the sales jobs I had had were 100% commission. So I thought, well, I really want to make this work. Let me just get something that's guaranteed cash for now, and then I'll get back into sales. Hmm. Because I had zero dollars. So I, yeah, I tell this guy at the furniture store I'm looking for a job. And he says, would you be interested in framing? So I'm thinking a frame store. That's the only like context I've heard of framing in. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like if they're hiring. And he was like, perfect. Yeah. I was a framer for years. This is a great company. Here's uh, the boss's number, Matt. Just give him a call. And you can start framing. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do it. So anyways, I dialed the number. I give this guy a call. He doesn't mention anything about construction. He said, oh, you're into framing. And I was like, yeah, I guess. guess. Like, (laughs) If you're hiring, I'm interested in checking it out. And he said, all right, we'll come down to this address tomorrow and we'll do kind of a quick interview and see if this is something that you want to move forward with. And I was like, boom, this is easy. So I show up and it's a full-blown construction site where they're building a house. So when you show up, did it then click? No, because I still <laughs> didn't know what framing was. Yeah. I didn't realize that's a term for framing a house. So framers are the guys that will do all of the essential, like wood part of a home. So we built custom homes in, in the Denver area. And so framers take care of the essential like shell of the house that's all in wood. And then you've got exterior guys coming in, slapping on siding and roofing and windows, interior guys with the drywall, you know, whatever in the flooring and all that jazz. And then before we show up, you have foundation guys that come and will dig out and then pour a concrete foundation. Hmm. So we come in after the concrete foundation, throw the house up, and it looks pretty much done. And then you have the exterior and interior crews come in and take care of the rest, plumbing and electricity as well. So 
anyways, yeah, I show up to this job site. Nothing is clicking yet. I have no clue. And this guy just sees me get out of his car and he's like, are you Jake? I said, yeah, are you mad? And he was like, yep, welcome to, uh, welcome to our work. And I like was still trying to piece it together. And then so he, I find out that it is construction, framing houses. And then he says, how much money do you want to make? And I didn't know what to say, but this was 2010. So I was like, um, how about $10 an hour? And he was like, all right, done. Little did I know that was almost half of what most framers make. But I was oh 19. Oh my gosh, what a <laughs> snake. I, he, I was a 19-year-old kid. He asked me what I wanted to make. I told him and he said, yeah. I mean, he was just being a business guy. I mean, I got That's a fat true. raise after about eight months of being there. And I know you liked him. so I liked him a lot. So anyways... I joined this crew of, it varied in size as a few guys came and went, but there were like five core guys that had been doing this for years. This was called Woodrow Construction. Matt Woodrow ran it. And so on the team were Matt and Tom, who were brothers, their nephew, Nate, and then Jim, and then me, and then a few other guys that would like would come and go basically. But we were this uh, core team. And so, yeah, we built custom, like, multi-million dollar homes in the Denver area. And because I was only there for a year, I got to participate in about three or four total builds, which was cool. And because I had zero experience, I became the cut guy. <laughs> so they, they paired me up with this guy, Jim, who I became really good friends with over time. And Jim would, like, build aspects or, or sides, uh, sections of the home while I would just be sitting at a, a chop saw table, essentially. And he would say, I need 50 boards at, you know, 39 inches and a whatever 16th or whatever an eighth. So I'm just sitting there, I'm measuring, and I would just chop, 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 chop all day, then slice up plywood with a skill saw, which is like one that you hold with your hand. And that was my job for pretty much a year. I got to do some fun framing, which was like actually building a room or building a staircase or things like that. But I ended up staying... I've met, I've said already a couple of times that I, I stayed for a year, but I stayed because I just had so much fun. I like the first couple of days I was there, I remember telling David, my roommate, dude, this is ridiculous. I basically got tricked into construction, but whatever, I need the money. It pays 10 bucks an hour, which isn't terrible. Could be worse. And uh, I'll just kind of stick with it. But I think what I really started to love about that job was for one, the camaraderie. But two, I would say I did learn a ton of lessons while there, but the biggest theme was minute, boring tasks completed over and over and over again eventually lead to something great or a complete home. There would be mornings where I showed up where I would look at the home that we'd been working on for months and I would just kind of be blown away because I would see it from a new perspective. Like I've been showing up to this job site every single morning at 7 a.m. But all of a sudden, whoa, man, this house is almost done. Yeah. And I've just been chopping up these little pieces of wood for eight months in a row. And this is a $50 million house we're looking at right here. Like this is gorgeous, you know, with guest homes and all different types. Studio, you know, th th this one project was just insane for this billionaire. But... Yeah, it was a really cool feeling to pull up and say, man, I helped build this. And through repetition of just small, boring, minute tasks, this was created. And so I think for me, it just laid this foundation of really what it takes to build anything great. 
in life. And that could be not just a business, but also like a relationship. It's just the small little things that you do over and over and over again. And you got to do the crap that you don't feel like doing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my God, whether it was blistering hot or negative 10 degrees, we were out there. And I would just have to cut, cut, cut. When I finished my stack, I'd walk over to the giant stack of wood, you know, the two by fours, stack on as many as I could carry between my arms and walk them back and just cut, 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 cut. And yeah, it was super boring, but it'd be cool, especially building levels of the house. You know, like when we showed up again, there was just concrete foundation, nothing. So we would lay the floor joists, like the boards that go across basically the like the basement walls that were concrete. And then we got to lay the flooring on it. So by the time you lay the flooring, you're like, okay, we, I'm standing on something I built. And then you start putting the walls up. And then the next thing comes the staircase to get to the, or sorry, the walls up. And then you lay the floor for the second level. And then you build the staircase. And that's a cool feeling to be able to walk up the staircase and then stand on the second story. And you're like, wow, I, I helped build this. And now we can see this view of the mountains on something that I'm standing on. And then as you start throwing up exterior walls with the windows, you start just getting a real feel for it. And that's where that type of progress starts to kick in. And it starts to help some of those mundane tasks feel a little bit more um, like you're starting to, to see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. They're starting to feel a little bit more fulfilling as like things start to take shape, but they don't take shape for a long time. So, yeah. yeah, I think as you're saying that, it's, I don't know, so many examples are coming to mind. Like, even in therapy, like as a therapist, you sit with someone and it's like, it can be the same thing week after week after week. And then when discharge does approach, you kind of step back and you're like, wow, you've made so much progress. Either you've made a lot of progress or, you know, it can go either way, right? But I think. The mon- is mundanity a word? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think just the mundanity of, I think everyday life too, even like raising a kid. It's mm-hmm. like day after day, you do the same stuff, same stuff, you know, put her on the ground, play, feed her, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think it takes stepping back or even someone else's perspective to be like, whoa, she's like grown up so much or she can do this now. And then you're like, oh yeah, she can. Yeah. I guess I'm just with her every day, so I don't, you know, you don't pick up on those little things, but yeah, I think taking a step back helps to widen the perspective. Totally. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good addition is just zooming out every now and then to take a look at what you've built and just be proud of yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. I think everybody needs to do I'll it a little bit more often. I mean, this podcast is a prime example. Yeah. For We relaunched it in June, but I started it in the beginning of 2019. So in March, so it's officially two years old, even though the episodes go back to June of 2020 from the relaunch, but there were so many episodes, you know, I think this is 44, 45 or something now, where, and that's still not even that much in the grand scheme of things, but so many episodes where, you know, I would check and see no listeners, no listeners, (laughs) no listeners, or maybe one or two listeners. And you start to have those thoughts where you're like, is this doing anything? Is this worth it? Am I making any progress here at all? And then today, this morning, to find out that we're in the top 10% of all podcasts on the biggest hosting platform, I think it's a big deal. It was one of those moments looking back 
Funny that you chose a construction example for today. I mean, it just feels so fitting looking at it. Being I like, did All what right, I can. Stick with it. I think even working out is a huge example. Like you do the same thing week after week after week, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you're wanting, if you're wanting muscle gain or in your case, Ironman stuff. I oh, think yeah. Can get mundane. But then at the end to be like, oh, I just did an Ironman. And it's because of all of this training that I put in day after day. Yeah, it's a really cool thought. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think more people need to grasp that. Just the sometimes the boring, tedious, mundane tasks that come with building something great. It's really just about endurance. I think if if you can endure long enough, you will see the results. Mm -hmm. Most people have the skills to be able to do whatever it is that they want to do, but they don't have the endurance. They give up way too quickly. I think that's a millennial thing, too. Yeah, yeah, it very well could be a millennial thing. I mean, yeah, totally. We're we're so used to instant gratification. Yeah. There's something not to peg on. Or well, we're millennials, so we can say yeah, millennials. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I even find myself being like, "Man, do I want to keep doing this?" and like looking for other jobs sometimes, and it's like, "What? Why do I feel like I can't like, I love what I do. Why do I feel like there's always like something better?" Yeah. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, it just it I, just takes time. I think it says a lot to stay in the same position. I think that takes a lot of self-discipline and mm-hmm. endurance, kind of like you were saying. Yeah, and, and hey, I, I try to tie our Whiskey Wednesday sessions, even though they're you know informal and usually it's a story about my life, I still try to find a way to tie it back to the, the main theme here, persuasive communication. And what I would just like to say to really just encourage anybody – here, if you are in sales or fundraising and you experience a lot of rejection or for the masses that aren't in sales or fundraising, you know, we are always selling something. We're trying to get buy-in for our ideas. We're trying to get our partners to listen to us, our kids to listen to us. We want our coworkers to jump in on our idea, our team at work, right? Or whatever the case may be. And we can encounter a lot of rejection. And I think that that rejection fits in with this as well. It, it may feel like you're not getting anywhere, but I promise you, it's not that nothing is happening. Because every time you get rejected, it's like cutting that little piece of wood. It may seem worthless, like you're not getting anywhere, but you are developing character, persistence, endurance by continuing to ask. And eventually, you'll become so good at that that the rejection might not phase you as much. I'm not sure if we ever fully get over it. I still feel a tad bit of a sting depending on the context, so there are some times where I could care less. Like I know it's just, hey, it's like rain. It happens sometimes. Then there are other times where it feels like a little bit more of a sting. But mm. I know through repetition, hey, it's just part of the game. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And you get stronger and stronger over time. So stick with it. If you've tried for something and you've been shut down, do not give up. Endure, endure, endure. endure. And also take a step back and just admire what you've been building so far sometimes. So yeah. Solid. All right. Well, that wraps it up for today. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you listeners helping us get into the top 10%. That's killer. And we're on our way to 5%. So we'll get there for sure. Hey guys, if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, or if you're looking for more of our actual lessons, tune into a Thursday episode. It's any title that doesn't start with Whiskey Wednesday. We also just started something called Monday Q&A this past Monday, where I answer an actual question and this uh, past Monday, it was a question about how to ask for a raise during the pandemic without sounding mm-hmm. like a jerk. 
or whatever. So we navigated that and that's taken off. I guess a lot of people feel like they want raises right now, which is cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, so check that out. But if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, catch me on Instagram, pretty active on there. Usually talking about either Ironman training or how to be a more effective communicator. So it's at It's Jake Savage. You can send me a DM. If you have any questions, maybe something you want answered on Monday Q&A or a topic suggestion, or you even want to be a guest on the show, reach out. Yes. PersuasionSchoolPodcast.com. Thank you all. Have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. We'll catch you tomorrow on Thursday. Bye. Yep.